Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Authentic series, which walks through the book of James, discovering how we can be a growing and maturing Christian. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. James chapter 3 and verses number 1 through 12 is where we're going to read. Um, uh, we're going to be talking about, if you know, if you read through James 3, it has a lot to do, uh, most of the chapter has a lot to do with your words um, and, uh, and the power behind those words. And, uh, and so uh, we're going to be talking about that. And I remember hearing for the very first time, the first, well, the, the, for the first thing that Addie and Laney and, and Weston uh, all said, and I'm, 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 I won the game, you know, the parenting game that that everybody plays, if you have a child, uh, whatever word they say first, you know, if they say mama or dada, and I won, and, uh, and, and let, I mean, the only way that she can ever beat me is if we have three more kids, and that's a tie, you know, and then she has to have four, and I, I honestly don't think that's going to happen, and, uh, and so um, I, I have actually, I have video proof of each one of my children, you turn that up, this is Addie. Yep. Yeah. So I, I, I've added a little bit extra in there for you, just so you can en- enjoy the cuteness, the long crazy hair, and uh, the howling. Um, and then here's Weston. So a couple times there, uh, and then also I have uh, I have a video just recently, not too long ago. Lainey, she said her first word, and it's dad. dad. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, I have one proud dad here, and uh, and I won the game. Uh, and uh, words they're powerful, and uh, and these kids are going to grow up to understand that. As they learn more and more words, and uh, that they, they have, there's a lot of power behind what we say, and uh, and the, the Bible has a lot to say about the power of the tongue, and uh, and um, the ladies' Bible study I heard this week that, that it meets on Wednesdays at Red Door, um, they they had this topic as well. They were going through in Proverbs and looking at at um, was it Proverbs 12? Is that where you guys where you guys were at? 10, 10, Proverbs 10, and looking at uh, the, the, the power of the words as well. And so, I don't know, it's, maybe it's just me, but I think somebody needs to hear it a little bit more than uh, the, just the women hearing it a couple of times. Uh, just to, it's more beneficial, you know. Just, no, 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 not, uh, it's not just, just for the women. Uh, and so, apparently, we all need to hear it uh, tonight. And uh, I was just kidding. The girls don't need to hear it more than us. Uh, it just didn't go over well. All right, so... Um, uh, that being said, that being said, for real though, before we get started, let's agree that we all have the same problem when it comes to our speech. We don't want to be elbowing our neighbor. I don't want to see any of that, and uh, and I don't want anybody standing up and uh, pointing across the 
across the room and saying, you need this. And, uh, and because the truth is we, are, we all are guilty uh, at times of uh, using our words in the wrong way. And uh, we need to understand James gives us a very powerful, um, very powerful illustrations and thoughts about uh, how much impact our words can have. Um, and, uh, and so we should take it to heart as we go through and we read and study uh, this time. Uh, so James chapter 3 in verse, number t- uh, in verse number 1 we'll read. It says, My brethren, actually go and stand with me uh, just so you can stand for a little bit. It says in James chapter 3 in verse number 1, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths, uh, mouths that they may, be able, may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which, were, which uh, though they be great, are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Verse 5, Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Verse number 6, it says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So the tongue, so is the tongue among our, our members that... Uh, it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea and are, is tamed and has been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this, uh, these thoughts from your word. Thank you for giving us... Um, Lord, things that we, we need and uh, need to be reminded of often, uh, God, that, Lord, we have something uh, that we can use, Lord, for good, for evil, and uh, that has great power behind it. And I pray that we would think about our words before we speak, God, that we would uh, be led by your Holy Spirit, that we would um, just, just daily just walk with you so that we can say the words that would be honoring to you um, in our relationships with those that we come in contact with. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Just what is the tongue and how does it work? Why do we have, it does, why does it have such great control in our lives? After all, why is it so important that we gain control over this muscle? Uh, the tongue, in, in a way, it reflects what's in your heart. It, it is a tattletale that reveals the heart and discloses the real you. Uh, the psalmist prayed this in Psalm 19, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Is that your prayer? Is that something that you pray? Uh, it's, a, it's a great prayer to pray that, uh, that the words of my mouth and what I think, what I meditate on in my heart be acceptable uh, in God's sight. And uh, you, you, you know, the two go together because what's in your heart is revealed by what you say. 
And if our heart is filled with grace and our words, uh, if our heart is, is filled with grace, and, uh, and then our words will be graceful. But if our heart is away from God and distant from God, then our words are going to be disgraceful. And uh, so tonight we're going to look at James 3 and we're just going to see five, uh, we're going to see five potential effects of our words. Uh, five potential effects that our words can have. Uh, this year we've been studying so far, we've been studying, uh, I, I enjoyed the series that we've been going through, uh, focusing on the theme of our church by grace and just the, the, the focus that, uh, of our church as a it's realizing that we need God's grace, obviously, for, for salvation, but also for living our daily lives, that we're strengthened by his grace. And uh, we need God's grace in our words. We need God's grace as we go throughout our lives and, and is, as we speak. Uh, so we're going to be looking at James 3, and I want us to notice tonight how, first of all, our words have the potential to distinguish. Uh, they have the potential to distinguish. A speech under control, really, it's a measure of maturity. And, uh, and so in verse number one and two, it says this, My brethren, be not many masters, uh, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation or, or judgment or verdict. Uh, for in many things we offend all. Uh, another way of saying that is each one of us, we all stumble. Uh, and if, if any man offend not or stumble not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle uh, or uh, bring down, keep in check, maybe even restrain the whole body. So as we break this verse down, let's try to understand a few of these words and uh, make sure we get a grasp of what it's saying. Uh, in, in verse number two, it says, "For if any, if any, uh, if for in many things we offend all." It, it could be said that each one of us, every single one of us here in this room, we all stumble, we all fall, we all uh, we we all trip, and we all fall. Feet that stumble. Can, can bring a body crashing to the ground. And I know all of you have seen this at some point or another. You've seen uh, maybe a video or maybe even yourself uh, when moving at great speeds. Uh, and you've seen somebody uh, maybe on my, my, my Instagram that I, I sometimes get on and is uh, sometimes I delete it off my phone because I waste too much time on it. Uh, but it, I, it's anytime uh, random thing, things come up, most of the time it's fail videos. It, it really it just, it's, it's filled with, I can just keep scrolling and it's just most, mostly fail videos of people uh, maybe on a snowboard or uh, on, on a track or a field or something like that doing something and they're tripped up and the, 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 the devastation that comes afterwards is, is hilarious, to, to, to say the least, but uh, also, if, if you were that person, it's, it's, uh, it's rough. And, uh, it, and so, um, that's really, we, coming, you need to know this, that each and every single, single one of us, we all have times in our life where we are that person, where we stumble, where we stumble. We're, we're, we're not perfect. The word perfect, though, in this verse that we just read, uh, it does it, it doesn't mean that we're faultless. It doesn't say that this person is faultless. Uh, it means that they're mature. They're complete. Uh, maturity in Christ is directly related to the words we speak. This passage is not telling us to look at others and to, to look around and see. Uh, in verse number one, it talk, talks about uh, many masters. It's not telling us to look around and, and, and look at others and see whose speech distinguishes them so that they can be a leader or uh, to see if, if uh, um, just to see who is, who is mature enough to lead and teach. It's really just challenging us to look at our own words and realize that they reveal your own maturity. They reveal what's in your heart. So 
I think he's, it's, it, the challenge is here to examine yourself and the words you say because if your speech is under control, it's a measure of your own maturity. Because it says this in verse 2, If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man or a mature man, and able to bridle the whole body. I like that word bridle. Uh, it, it gives the idea uh, of like a horseman, a horsemanship, uh, a, a professional, uh, somebody that maybe does this a lot, that rides horses and is able to control his horse and to, to do it professionally, do it to do it well to where he can control every single movement that horse makes. And so, uh, so that horse is, uh, that powerful horse is, um, is bridled, is under con- his own control. And in the same manner, a mature believer knows how to great gain control of his conversation. Uh, he knows when to speak. He knows when to listen. And the truth is we all stumble. We all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect Yet the idea in this passage is not that we would give in to our, our natural tendency to stumble, but rather that we would diligently strive after that maturity in, in, how, we, in how we control our tongue. So uh, James 1.19, which we've already studied in this, in this series a couple weeks back, it says this, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. I mean, have you ever wondered why God, you've probably heard this, why God gives us, has given us two ears and only one mouth, right? I mean, I think we're, we, each, each of us should, should uh, listen twice as much as we actually talk. And uh, in, in, rather than insert uh, open mouth and insert foot. And the truth is that if we are going to be mature in our faith, then we must learn to guard our lips. We need to learn uh, some priority uh, skills. For example, a marathoner, uh, he knows... And he's not no. He's able to easily run maybe a mile, and he has that down. It's a skill that he is he has developed, and he could probably do it without with with ease and and and, and knock it out. Uh, a professional golfer would uh, easily be able to sink a, a couple foot putt uh, and and maybe five feet or whatever, however far. Easy. I mean, it's like every single time, no matter no 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 matter where he's at no matter if it's raining or uh, if if the conditions he's able to sink that that putt a concert pianist he can he, he or she can play that the, the scales on a piano and, and it does it professionally and it does it very well and it has that down and if we can learn to master our tongues then we can the bible is clearly telling us that we can master other areas of our lives uh, and so our words they do they have the power to distinguish and, uh, and the potential to distinguish. But not only that, I want to see this in, um, in verse number uh, 3 and 4. Our words have the potential to direct. Uh, and they have the potential to direct. The tongue is small but powerful. In verse number 3, it says this, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ship's, which though they are be, be so great, are driven of fierce winds, and, are, and, and yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Um, the horse, it's, it's a powerful animal, right? And uh, it's, it, uh, you, you can take a small piece of metal, and you can control and direct him. 
I mean, it's powerful. It much more, that Porsche is more, more powerful than me or than you. I don't know about Leo back there, but uh, it, it's, uh, it's a powerful animal. Yet, just a tiny piece of metal can control that horse's movements and, and, and make him go where you would want him to and direct him. If you've ever ridden a horse and maybe you've had the reins and you lost control of those reins, uh, maybe you dropped them or they slipped, out your, they slipped out of your hands or got too far out of your reach and you weren't able to grab them anymore, uh, or you've seen somebody in that situation, you know how important those reins and that bit is. And you know that that bit is an important piece of metal. Uh, and Because uh, probably, unless that horse is very well trained and, and just, it, it, you know, things are not going to go well for you. Uh, and um, it, it's an important piece of uh of metal because it control, can control that whole horse. The helm of a ship is a very small part of a huge vessel. But Mike would tell you, it, it, it can turn about the entire ship. And, uh, and it, ships back in Bible days, they were not as big as they are now. Um, and uh, yet still that principle applies to the, the, the massive ships that are on, on the seas in, uh, uh, in this day and age. And that, whole, that rudder on a ship is, a, is tiny compared to that whole vessel. And the potential of something so small. We think, oh, it's just a word. Or it's just a phrase. I didn't really mean it. I didn't mean it in that way. The tongue is the rudder for your body. If you tame it and guard it, it will serve you well and guide you through this life. But if you misuse it, if you neglect it, it will destroy your character and your credibility. And, uh, and so it's, it's so important to realize that. Uh, it's like the guidance system on an F-16. F-16. Uh, you have this $30 million piece of aircraft, and uh, it receives its flight instructions, its directions, its, its, it, 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 where it goes from just a little, a little thing resting between the pilot's knees, a little stick. Obviously, it has a lot of technology there, but it, it receives uh, direction from that. And wherever the pilot desires, he can just, with the touch of his fingers, move that, that, where, that plane wherever he desires. The potential here is of something so small to direct your whole life for good or for bad. And, uh, and so uh, realizing that, that, that there is potential uh, here for, for to direct, for your words to direct. But also I want to see this, that um, our words also have the potential to destroy. As you look in verse 5, it says this, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. A little fire can do a great amount of damage. And we know this from seeing uh, on the news, even seeing with our own eyes uh, some of the fires that have gone through our area and maybe seeing on the news in California over the past uh, few years that when the dry seasons uh, hit, uh, you, you may see a little smoke off in the distance. You may see, uh, hear of, oh, there's a little fire going on over in this town. Uh, but then just, just uh, maybe a, a, a windstorm comes through, a little fire is blowing, a lot, little wind is blowing, and, and all of a sudden, uh, that the, the, the fire burns out of control. And uh, by the time that fire is put out, homes are lost, lives are lost, a great amount of damage is done, and, uh, it's, and our words have that same potential. They may be small, they may be short, they may be unintended, but the potential is there for a great damage and, for, and, and even for great good. 
Um, so I think of different ways that uh, our, our words can um, do great damage. There's different types of words that do great damage. I, I think of uh, little fires of, of gossip. Uh, of gossip in Proverbs 18, 8, it says the, the words of a talebearer are his wounds. They go down into the innermost parts of the belly. The things that we say about others when they're not around, uh, they can do great, a great deal of damage. And we should be, be restrain our words and, and, and keep in check the things that we say about others and, and making sure that uh, when we talk about others, it is, it, is, it is building up and edifying rather than tearing down and destroying. Uh, and uh, the, the, the little fires of, of lying as well. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 12, lying lips, uh, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. Uh, you know, we, the, we, sh- we, we, we should speak the truth. When we speak, is what's coming out of your mouth true? Do you have a problem with lying? Is, is, is it something that, 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 that you need to deal with? It, it, uh, what, what you say, it, does it match uh, what, it, what is true? And uh, little, the little fires of slander, um, tearing people down. James 4.11 says, Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth, judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. And it's so important that we, when we speak of others, it's, it's edifying. Up, not slandering and tearing down and, and, uh, and doing things that would, saying things that would hurt somebody else. We need to realize those words that we have, uh, that we say, have great, great power behind them. Um, God says our tongue can defile the whole body. Your words represent what's in your heart. You know that? They represent what's in your life. And when your words are not graceful, when your words are not kind, and when your words are not loving, it reveals a pollution. It reveals a sinful heart. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 12, 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth evil things. Uh, and our, our words have that potential to destroy and, uh, and to, to destroy your relationships, to destroy uh, friendships to destroy those that 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 you love and those that uh, maybe you don't intend to hurt, but yet still they have the the potential to do that. And uh, so we should guard our words. Uh, our words also. Let's look at number four. Our words have the potential to be dangerous. In verse number seven and eight, we see that the tongue is untamed, deadly beast. For, for verse seven, it says, "For every beast." And of bir- every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and things of the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. After reading about that about your tongue, it makes you never really want to say another word again, right? I mean, it's just like, man, uh, I don't want to talk. Uh, and you're hearing about that, that's... Uh, that's really how God describes my tongue, my words, uh, and it can no man tame it. And I mean, allow them to lick our face. I mean, not we, but people. Uh, men, men, men have at times. If you've done this, see me afterwards. I'm, I need to shake your hand because it, uh, it. What in the world? Uh, you know, that's it, people do that, and uh, we, we've uh, we've dogs that can bark jingle bells. You know, and uh, you've, you've seen those videos. Uh, we have. Uh, elephants that play soccer, you know, and uh, that's not normal. 
uh, but they do it. And uh, we've, they've, they've, some people have taught chimpanzees to, to do sign language and to do things and, and uh, live with, uh, uh, like that and do some, some, some really interesting things. And uh, we've, uh, we have donkeys that play basketball. What in the world? Uh, and a lot of, a lot of things, uh, interesting things that, that man has done and tamed animals and, uh, in, in so many different ways. Uh, man has tamed or subdued even conquered so many things, and yet he has yet to conquer his own tongue. The verse eight says, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. James says the tongue is full of deadly poison. It, it can, it, poison can be deceptive because in most cases it works slowly. It works secretly unknown and under the radar. Deadly poisons can be ingested. They can be injected. They can be transmitted through skin contact or inhaled into the lungs. Uh, Barring some kind of antidote, right? Once the poison is in a body, the damage is done. And it's just a matter of time. And there's no getting that back. Words can have that similar effect. They have the ability to kill a relationship, to paralyze a loved one, poison a mind, stain a person's purity, deface a person's reputation. Every tongue is capable of the most grotesque and hideous sins. Someone said, it's, it's no wonder that God put the tongue in a cage behind the teeth and walled in by the mouth. And, uh, and it's so true. It's important to remember that just as a fire can be brought under control, uh, and, and can become useful to produce heat and energy. And just as an animal can be tamed, much like a horse can be broken and then be used uh, and, uh, and, and be very productive, a productive animal and be helpful, uh, maybe with labor or transportation, so too can a tongue be tamed, I want to say this, but only by God. Our words have the power to, be, to, to destroy, to be dangerous. Also, let's look at, finally, our, uh, our words have the potential to be disloyal. The tongue speaks out of both sides of the mouth. In, uh, in verse number 9 through 12, we see this for us. It says in verse 9, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So, so can no fountain both yield sweet water and fresh. What, what's happening here is when somebody's talking out of both sides of their mouth, you might say. They say one thing to somebody, and then they go to somebody else and say the opposite, something completely different. That's a double-minded person. Uh, and, but he is completely be- he's become double-mouthed. We, we honor God maybe at church with our singing, but we say some unkind things to some, somebody at work someone at, or somebody at home. We bless God, but we curse men. We adore God, but we're angry with people. Uh, double-mouthed. It, it's hypocrisy. Out of the same mouth, it says, proceedeth blessing, and cursing. And then it goes on to say this. 
my brethren, these things ought not so to be. It, it just, it's not normal. It's, it, it's, it's not natural. It's, 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 it's weird. I mean, because it, it goes on to explain this. And uh, we go back. It says um, in verse number 11, a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter. Uh, it, 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 James is explaining uh, how it doesn't even make sense. There's illustrations in nature that just, uh, let me just tell you, it, it, in, in verse 11 says, Does the fountain send forth the same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, uh, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Uh, would, you, would it be odd to go to a body of water? And, and you took two glasses and maybe you dipped them both down at the same time and you pulled them up and you took one, a sip of one a glass and it was, it was just normal, fresh water. And then you took a sip of the other glass and it was salt. It's, just, it's impossible. It really, it, it, it just does not happen. And it, it's in nature, it just doesn't make sense. And, uh, and then he, he goes on to explain, he gives another example, the fig tree uh, doesn't bear olive berries. Like, what in the world? It, 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 a fig tree bears figs. And, uh, and so, and, uh, or a vine can't, doesn't bring figs. It's just, it just doesn't happen. And, uh, and so, uh, so we ought not to be speaking two different things. And it's, that's a contradiction. And um, now if that's happening in my life, there, there's, I guess there's probably one of two things is the problem. I would say this. Maybe because I don't have a new nature. Uh, this, this could be one of the reasons. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, the Bible says. And if, the, if, the, the mouth, if out of the mouth is coming this old nature stuff, then maybe I haven't experienced a new nature. Because, because if any man be in Christ, the Bible says, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That, that could be a problem. It could be the problem. But also I would say this. It could be that maybe you haven't died to the old flesh. You, you're, not, you're not dying to that old, old, old fleshly nature. Perhaps I'm saved, but I've allowed that old fleshly nature to have control of me. And instead of a life that's filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and instead of go, uh, going through life just being yielded to him, uh, I've yielded to, the, to, to my flesh. God wants us to be filled with his spirit. God wants that. Uh, let me tell you something. You can't fill something that's already occupied. If I had a cup up here and I had another cup uh, similar to my other illustration and one was full I, I, and, I, I, and I, wanted to pour some, I wanted to fill this cup with, with, uh, with, with some other substance, that, that cup is already full. You can't fill something that's already occupied. And if, if we are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, our, our, our life should, cannot be filled with the flesh. We, we, must, uh, we must be uh, empty of self so that we can be filled with the Spirit. And that's, that's a daily decision. It's not something that, that, that is once and done. It is a daily decision that, that we must make to, to, to yield to God's Holy Spirit and be empty of self. And uh, you can't fill something that's already occupied. God wants to fill our life with his Holy Spirit. But sometimes he can't fill it because it's already occupied. And though we are saved and though we know the Lord, we've allowed that old fleshly nature to have dominance in our life. And that is the result that, that results in what we see explained here in this verse, that they're out of 
uh, there's this double tongue where we there, where we're here in church and we're singing God's praises and we're we're singing songs like we sang this morning. Jesus, thank you. And going home and something completely different is coming out of our mouth. And uh, that's that 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 is the double mouth that's taking place. And and uh, it's uh, and it's it shouldn't. The Bible says these things ought not so to be. And Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, now that I'm saved, it's not about me. It's not about what I do or what I want, uh, what I want to do. Uh, it, it's, about my, it's not about my old flesh and not about my old nature. No, I'm dead to that, and now I'm alive to Jesus Christ. And I'm allowing him to fill and control my life. And that's, that's uh, what has to happen. That's a daily decision that we must make so that we, when we recognize the power of our words, we are saying what is right. We, we, we are, are living a life that is, is, is recognizing our words have power and I should be using them in the right way. Your speech, our words, they have tremendous power. You know, sometimes children on a playground say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Yeah, that's, but that's a lie. We all know that. It's a lie. And uh, in Proverbs 18, 21, it says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your words have the ability to build or to bury. Your words have the ability to help or to hurt. Your words have the ability to fuel war or to facilitate peace. You know, I, I was uh, talking to Ryan this week, and uh, he uh, was gone all of Thursday. Uh, he, he, he bailed on us, and, uh, and then came back th- late Thursday night. Uh, he uh, was gone at jury duty, and, uh, and he's doing his duty, and I'm proud of that guy. And, uh, but uh, what, um, what's so funny to me, or crazy really, is just like the reason why he got called away for jury duty. I mean, he, 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 once it was all over, he could talk about it. Uh, he was telling me, like, it all started about a year ago, and I'm, I don't, I'll let him tell you the full story, but I just, the gist of it is this, that there was a dispute. Uh, there was, uh, I guess, uh, at, a, at a gas station, uh, a lady that shortchanged or overcharged, or one, of the, one of the two, a dollar, just a dollar, and it was giving change and, uh, and either took too much or gave too much, you know, one of the, one of the two, uh, and the, the point is, it was only a dollar, like, literally, that's it, and some words were exchanged, and not good words, some words were exchanged, and it escalated, it escalated, and all of a sudden, there were charges, and there was investigations, and uh, many people involved in this whole thing, and so they're calling jury, they're, they're, they're signing up juries to, to, uh, jurors to get involved in this process, and the judge, and all, everybody that would be involved in this whole court case to resolve an issue over $1 and over a few words that were said, uh, disrupting a bunch of people's lives, you know, and, uh, and all of this over just one simple dollar. But the reason why, words, just a few words that were said. And it, there is power behind words. And it, our words have that same potential. They may be small, they may be short, they may be unintended, but the potential is there for great damage or for great good. Proverbs twenty-five eleven says this, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold. In pictures of silver. 
The right word at the right time can, be, can lift a person's spirit. A, a word at the right moment can help a person through a very difficult time. A, a, a mean word, though, a filthy word, an angry word, a curse word can do terrible damage. And you don't know the damage it can do. Just like that fire, it gets out of control. You don't know where it's going to go. You don't know what damage it's going to do. You don't know how bad that poison, where it, what it can infect, what, what, what it can get into, what areas of life, who it can impact, what children can hear, what children are affected, what, 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 uh, what extended family and friends. and it just There is no telling the damage that can be done. Once the word is out, it, it's there. And we need to realize that our words have, are powerful. We need to ask God for his help. And, and we need to be led by his spirit as we go and we have conversations. How many of you guys talk more than one or two words a day? I think everyone in here can say that. that we, we, we say a few, few more than one or two words a day. And we need to be led by his spirit when we, when we speak. Uh, and because those words that we say, they have, they have power. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.